Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. If the roar of the crowd gives you goosebumps, cashing a slip makes you grin, and above all, you love making your bookie cry, then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions, shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dale Lippin and Trey Van Buskirk. But Trey, we're in the midst of doing a big giveaway with State Classy Meats, correct? Correct. 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 What are we doing? What are we giving away? We're giving away too much meat. I know Taylor just said uh, that he was hunting deer, buffalo, whatever, but we're essentially giving you that in a box, direct to your door, farm to table, and all you got to do is like and tag two accounts. It's so simple. Yeah. All right. So guys, I'm, we're going to play catch up here because we, we lost a little bit of time here with trailer, but this is what we're going to do. Uh, Stay Classy Meats is giving away. We're doing 11 winners, one of which of the 11 is going to be a grand prize winner. We're giving away $200 worth of meat. All you got to do is go to our Instagram at MMA. From there, you can find posts that we have for Stay Classy Meats promoting the giveaway. All you can do is like the post and then tag somebody in the comments, tagging somebody in the comments. They and you must be following Stay Classy Meats to be eligible to win. We're going to pick 11 winners. One grand prize winner is going to win 200 bucks worth of meat uh, from Stay Classy Meats. In the meantime, if you use some, if you use our promo code FIST uh, and order something from Stay Classy Meats, it's going to give you 10 additional entries into the giveaway. So uh, the opportunities are endless. Promo code's FIST, saves you 10%, and it's going to get you 10 entries. We're doing 11 winners, and then one grand prize winner, 200 bucks. Promo code FIST. Trey, I got some silky duds on. Uh, Taylor's going to be rocking some silky duds on Thursday. Uh, tell people how they can score this badass stuff. Um, guys, yeah, if you're going to be watching, obviously Taylor's fight, you're going to watch him actually put on a show. The show is also going to be walking down that aisle and that's going to be rocking our logo on his shoulder, but more so it's what he's rocking on the front of all. It's the coolest gear, the coolest apparel that you can get literally in the market. And it's allegianceclothing.com. Go to allegianceclothing.com, type in the code punch. You're going to get 15% off site-wide guys, USA made. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. No, it's good shit. Um, they actually just released like a windbreaker hoodie thing today. Oh, on the winter collections. Did you see it? So Dude, sick. it's so sick. So yeah, I mean, you got to send Roy a little message. A little. But we needs it. I need it on my on my body. I'll just wear just that. I'll be naked underneath that thing. Let's slip and slide on my skin. All right. Well, here, hold on. All For right. the sake of our audio, putting it out on the thing, we're going to restart this episode to a certain degree, but we're going to get through what is UFC Fight Night picks, Hall and Silva. Um, but to start the episode off, we'll start it right here. Dale, what's up, man? Welcome after a wild week. Having said that, I know we got into it just a little bit before when Taylor was on, but I really, 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 really need to know. Can I pay a bill? Can I pay one more bill first? 
Okay, and then, fine, and then I'll go fine. in on John. Then I'm into it. Let's go. All right, we're All gonna right. pay a bill real quick. Football's in full effect. Many teams strutting their stuff, and the World Series is underway. Game six uh, tonight is in full swing. You might be at a game, not might not be able to make it to a game this year, but you can still be in on the action with Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to uh, team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options and wagers than in any other place online. Head over to Bet Online. Use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online. Your online sportsbook experts, and that's the 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 odds that we're using tonight are coming from Bet Online as well. All right. Anyway, let's get after it. Um, John Jones, look, man, just let Khabib have his moment. I understand you can make an argument. People can make an argument that John Jones is the greatest of all time. Whatever. Okay. Obviously, he's probably the most talented fighter that we've ever seen inside the octagon. So I'll give John Jones all the credit in the world in that regard. However, the moment that you test positive for PEDs, i.e. him or the guy that's in the main event tonight, Anderson Silva, you can no longer be in the GOAT conversation. You just can't. You can't because we don't know when you were clean. We don't know when you were dirty. You're never going to hear me say Barry Bonds is the best hitter of all time. That's why his little home run record has an asterisk behind it, because you tested positive for PEDs. The moment that you use performance-enhancing drugs, you can't make the argument anymore. Now, all that to say, I don't particularly like John Jones as a person. I've never met him, but what I see from him, I really don't like. He's very easy to hate. He's got a very punchable face, but he's extremely talented, and he's a great fighter. But as far as a human being standpoint, doesn't seem like a person that I would like all that much. Doesn't, doesn't really put out that air of people that I would ever want to be around or have my kids around or have my fa- friends or family be around. I would avoid that dude. I do avoid that that guy from, you know, just about, uh, I don't want to give him any shine. I don't even like talking about him because I don't want to give him any more due. This is what he wants. He wants you to talk about him. He wants to occupy that space in your mind. He wants to occupy that space of the MMA universe. And we're giving him to that. We're giving into that. And I don't want to do that. Um, I just don't like him. I think he's a crappy human being. As long as he's a good father to his kids, which I have, I can't speak on. As long as he's a good father to his kid and he doesn't, you know, continue to go out there and continue to try to purposely hurt people anymore. I can't say anything else about him. He's just, you know, ugh, whatever as a person, as a human being, but he's a hell of a talented fighter, but I don't know when he was on drugs and when he wasn't, when he was, when, when he was doping and when he wasn't, he's not the goat. Uh, I think personally, as far as, you know, until proven otherwise, I think GSP is the goat. Um, I think Khabib's a close second and I'll leave it at that. Uh, you can, you can draw a lot of parallels between Conor McGregor and obviously John Bones Jones, because I say that because they are shine stealers after every big, UFC title swing, whatever it is, you always see the notorious, you know, pun intended, draw a tweet out there that says, oh, congratulations, champ. It's all to kind of put this innuendo out there that, oh, I'm coming back in. I don't know where John lies in everything. He says he wants to go up to heavyweight. Now he wants to maybe come back down to 205. Izzy has no idea what he wants to do. We wanted him to fight Jared Cannonier. That's not going to happen anymore. Then he's talking about going up and fighting Blahovitz. But then what's John Jones going to do at heavyweight? He's going to come back down. It seems like Izzy and John Jones are on a crash course, but neither one really wants to fight each other. They keep talking shit. They keep wanting to have their egos out there that they are champ. They want to be referred to as champ. But at the end of the day, nothing's going to happen. It's all talk, just like we're seeing in Conor McGregor. Same difference. All right. Fair enough. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. All right. Let's do it. Let's get into the main card here. All right. Let's do it. Let's get in the main card. Khabib retired. Peace out. Khabib. Bobby Knuckles look like Bobby Knuckles. Exactly like we thought he would. He came out and Bobby knuckled the shit out of Jared Cannon here. Let's get through this main card. This is going to be a shorter episode tonight, guys. One, because the interview fell apart and we were kind of using that to leverage some time. And two, 
we're just going to try to, you know, nice, compact little thing. We're in the swing of the, the MMA season, if you will, right now. We don't have a weekend without an event until the first of the year, so we got to keep it moving, um, and we'll pay some bills along the way. All right, first fight on the main card, Bobby Green at 27-10-1, taking on Tiago Moises at 13-4. and Over-under on rounds, Trey is at 2.5 with Bobby Green at a minus 305. Tiago Moises plus 245 here. Bobby King Green fighting three times. Um you know, three times this year so far. This will be number four, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? I feel like Bobby Green, heavy favorite here for a reason. Uh, Moises can obviously get a, get a sub, but Bobby Green has shown himself a little resurgence, a rebirth of the king, if you will. Uh, knight the man, if you will. Crown the king. He's back. He's feeling good. He's feeling himself. He's in his zone right now. From a fan perspective, I love these fights. This is like – this is the UFC one through four in like the quintessential striker versus grappler. This is a confliction in styles through and through Bobby green. While his striking's always been pretty good. We've seen it over the past three fights jump up exponentially. When you saw Tiago Moises fight Michael Johnson, that's where we really saw the disparity between his striking and grappling. He tried mm-hmm. to strike with Michael Johnson throughout that first round, got absolutely pieced up. And then for some weird reason, Michael Johnson's like, Oh dude, let me try and like shoot in for a single real quick slips gets subbed uh, i mean like, like an achilles lock or something like that you don't want to be anywhere on the ground with tiago moises you and tiago moises by any means doesn't want to stand up with bobby green i think bobby green's like boxing heavy style his kind of in and out movement and obviously having three fights under his belt in 2020 he has the experience he is a vet he's got the much better striking and i think bobby green's got pretty decent you know wrestling you know takedown defense so i i I see the line. It is a little scary at minus three hundred five, but Bobby Green should get this get this win for sure. He should. I'd be looking at Bobby Green at a parlay play, perhaps. I wouldn't put him in a lot of parlays, and I wouldn't put him in a parlay that you go particularly large on. I think of all the plus the plus two hundred and above dogs that you find on this card, Tiago Moises probably has a fair to middle chance of actually pulling off the upset here. Um, Bobby Green obviously has pretty good takedown defense. We saw that in the Clay Guida fight, and he's a veteran of the game. I mean, the guy's been around. Coming up on almost 50 professional fights. The guy's been around for a long time. He knows what he's doing. It's not the first time that he's fought a guy that has, you know, uh, uh, just a a stellar ground game. So he's obviously going to be prepared, well-versed in what's coming at him. However, um, you know, it doesn't take much. You get an ankle, you get an arm, you get a wrist, you make a mistake, a lapse in judgment. And next thing you know. Uh, what do you, what do you always say? What, what, war, some warm, dry bodies, what do you call it? Hot, dry bodies, Oh, dude, dry bodies, tight submissions. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. Dry, yeah <laughs> that. So you never know. Oh. Um, so plus two forty five. I don't know if it's worth going, you know, saying he's going to win the fight, but of the 200, uh, plus 200 dogs, Tiago has got a decent chance. Like I said, fair to middle at winning. Be looking at Bobby Green as maybe a three or four fight parlay, but not much bigger than that. And don't put him in more than one parlay maybe two tops because you don't want your whole night hinging on this fight. All right. Next fight on the main card, man. Maurice Green versus Greg Hardy. We're going to talk about this ever so briefly, and then we're going to keep it moving. Maurice Green plus 255. Greg Hardy minus 315. Over under on rounds at one and a half. Greg Hardy put him in a car with John Jones. Throw it over into a quarry. I'm fine with it. Doesn't bother me one bit. Chat asked, does the money lie with John, though, versus Stipe or Izzy? In both fights, I would bet John Jones over John over Stipe and John over Izzy. I take John Jones in both of them. I honestly think that talent-wise, John Jones is the greatest fighter we've ever seen inside the octagon. It's just the fact that the guy used PEDs that make me make it hard for me to say that he's the GOAT. Outside of that, I'll never bet against him in a fight. 
ever against Matt. Yeah, no, never. I can't see anybody right now on the roster currently that I would bet against John Jones on. No, anyway. people want to talk about his uh, just his striking and his fight IQ. Dude, the guy's got the most underrated ground game on the planet. He saw it in submission underground when he was like out out of fights for a little bit. He can take down really heavy guys. He's got submissions in his bank. Does does Stipe or Izzy really have that? Absolutely not. There's a huge yep. vulnerability with both those. And John, just with his IQ and his technique and alone, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So Maurice Green plus two fifty five. Greg Hardy minus three fifteen over under rounds is at one and a half. I kind of like. I, I want to take Maurice Green in this fight, but I don't think he's going to win. So I'm a Greg Hardy, but I'm not going to bet on Greg Hardy. So I, I'm not going to say the, the GH word because I can't stand that fucking dude. But I will <laughs> say this: he looked like absolute garbage in his last fight. Mm. Um, when you go back to Jorgen De Castro, mm. your, was it Jorgen De Castro that was his last fight? I believe so, yeah. Unless yeah, I'm and we never said that. we'd put our cash ever again on Yorgo de Castro because he looks like absolute garbage. But Yorgo de Castro was piecing him up until he broke his foot at the end of the first round. And mm-hmm. then he still wasn't able to close out the fight. It went to de- de- to decision. Like, Greg Hardy's not that good. I mean, granted, he is still very green in this sport. I said Greg Hardy out loud. Oh, dude. But he's not, he's very green. He has evolved. He is going to come in the more athletic fighter. But Crotchet boss, dude, six, seven, 255 pounds of just pure man. Bro, we That's- talked about this last time he fought. It's crochet boss, not crotchet. Nah, it's crotchet. No, it's crochet. Not like a crotch rocket, right? No, crochet, like with, with needle and yarn. He knits, he crochets. A uh, crotch rocket sounds so much like faster. Well, yeah, because Crotch Rocket's a motorcycle. <laughs> this is a guy that knits. <laughs> he knits oh. hats like your Nana. Oh, dude, really? Oh. Yes. Oh, that's that's an awesome name. I thought it was Crotch Rocket, dude. <laughs> I glimpsed. I never care about the fighters' nicknames, but oh, Crotch Rocket <laughs> Green, man. <laughs> ah, damn it. There's no, there's ah. no way this is real life. Man, I butcher names and butcher nicknames, dude. I know the fights. Just show me the the freaking outline of a person, but crotch rocket green, that's just not it. <laughs> All right, well, to keep going on, I'm not picking in this fight. I'm I don't like the over-under either. I think that this could 100 percent go on the over, but in a heavyweight fight, you never want to really choose the over because in that those type of fights, anyone can get just clocked. So I'm staying away from this fight 100 percent But if I were to put a money line bet, I would probably put it on Greg Hardy being the more athletic person, the better footwork. And actually his his kicks and stuff like that have evolved pretty exponentially. So I like that. Dude, you're dying, man. I'm sorry. Oh man. Weak, bro. You're taking me out of my game. Don't trust any of my picks from here on out. I'm not even thinking straight. Oh my gosh. You got me sweating. I'm laughing so hard. Yeah, dude. Holy crap. I thought it was crotchet for crotch rocket. Dude, you're you're unbelievable, man. <laughs> you cracked me up. Oh my gosh. I, I need you in my life, man. Thanks for being here. All right, no let's keep things going. <laughs> Kevin Holland, oh man, big mouth himself. Kevin Holland, nineteen and five, taking on Mahmoud Muradov at twenty four and six. Kevin Holland, as of right now, minus one forty. Mahmoud Muradov plus one ten. Over under on rounds here. Trades at two and a half. I have some interesting feelings about this fight. Uh, as soon as I get, as soon as I get my life back together here. All right. Uh, let, let me just hear your take on this real quick before we before we talk about this fight some more. Everyone's hyped on Kevin Holland right now. Obviously, what he's on a three fight win streak, two of those which he actually finished, right? I think um, so. Um, yeah. 
Muradov, though, native of Uzbekistan, this guy, you got to look at his record. And granted, while it hasn't really, I mean, it hasn't been in the UFC, he's more of like a prospect in the UFC. I mean, he's 24 and six overall. Um, those 24 wins, 19 of those 24 have been finished or have been finished inside the distance and 16 of them by KO. So the guy is going to blitz. I think that Kevin Holland, we saw him, he's got good footwork. Um, he's a little bit, I think he's well-rounded. I thought we saw his cardio kind of diminish in round three in his last fight, but I think that this is one of those that gets scary because you've got a guy that's really got nothing to lose. You've got Kevin Holland and it's his first time being on a main, main card in the UFC yeah. No, he fought Tiago Santos. Remember, he stepped in short notice and fought Tiago Santos. Oh, I thought he was prelims only. Okay. Well, no, you're good. Okay. Well, I, I think just with the blitzing style, um, I think he's going to get in trouble if he's not able to clinch and kind of like slow the pace down a little bit. This guy's going to come. He's going to bull rush. Anyone can get clipped in this fight. I'm just curious, you know, how Holland does with this type of power. I mean, that's a lot to absorb and especially in a blitzing style. So here's what I love in this fight. Okay. Um, I love the under two and a half here. Um, Kevin Holland was admittedly very upset after the Darren Stewart fight. Yeah. So much that he was mad that it went to the split decision, but mad at his own performance. He felt like he was capable of more. You look at him in the Anthony Hernandez fight, knocked him out. You look at him, uh, or was the Hernandez fight a knockout or was the Hernandez fight uh, a submission? I thought it was sub. Yeah, okay. and then the knockout over Joaquin Buckley, who everybody's all hot to trot on right now yeah. as well. Um, so if you look at that, no, it was a knee to the body with uh, Anthony Hernandez. So oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Knockout of Anthony Hernandez, knockout of Joaquin Buckley. Um, you know, it's one of those things where, look, man, I, I look at Kevin Holland and I think he's going to want to bounce back. Um, so he's going to want to make a statement and a guy like Mahmoud is not going to take a step backwards. He is going to come forward. He is going to engage. Unlike most countrymen of his name, he is not wrestle heavy first. He wants to give you them hands and he's going to come out there and he's going to swing. I like both of these guys uh, to, to finish this fight here. I don't know who's going to win. I don't know where they're going to win. I'm not overly confident in saying that Kevin Holland is going to win because he tends to exit exchanges with his yeah. chin held high. He fights like a tall guy. When he leaves exchanges, the chin's always held high. However, we've seen that he's got one punch knockout power. So Mahmoud is going to be there because he's going to want to engage. Now, the flip side of that is we have seen Mahmoud in the, in the UFC. He has one punch turn the lights out power. Um, now, granted, quality of opponent is not the same as Kevin Holland, but he will be there looking to engage. Where I think things get interesting with this fight is Kevin Holland has a great ground game, too. So I think this fight is Kevin Holland's wherever he wants it to be. Mm -hmm. If he doesn't like the if he doesn't like the standing, take it to the ground. If he doesn't like the ground, he can keep it standing. But the thing is, is that Mahmoud will be there to be hit and he will be there throwing yeah. back. I like this fight to end under two and a half that's the play i like more than anything else here is the under two and a half and that's coming in at a plus 170 i think that's where the money's at on this fight yeah i love that i think exactly what you said he does leave those exchanges with his head up high and that's what mockmed's going to do he's going to blitz he's going to clinch and trying to remove yourself from that clinch work or just try to create a little bit of distance and leaving that vulnerability for both sides someone he could do it like an off balance like you know back kick or something like that he could knock the lights out of Mahmoud as well i think both these guys two and a half is extremely high i love it under for that for sure and plus what plus 110 
No, plus no. one seventy. Plus one seventy. Yeah, with two guys with finishing power, and they're get they're gonna want to. You know, everybody's out there because if you're mock mood, you're saying if I if I can beat Kevin Hall, and I'm I'm taking the wind out of those sails, and I'm putting it into my own. And if you're Kevin Hall, and you're saying I have to remind people why they liked me prior to this Darren Stewart fight. Now, admittedly, Darren Stewart doesn't give anybody a clean fight. Darren Stewart is not an easy out for anybody on any given night. Um, so, there, you know, there's no shame in a split decision or not being able to finish a guy like Darren Stewart. However, I think this fight gets done inside the distance, and I like uh, under two and a half plus 170. That's my personal play for this fight. Co-main event of the evening. Thug Nasty himself, Bryce Mitchell, undefeated, bro. Is the O going to go as he takes on your boy, Team Alpha Male's own Andre Touchy Feely uh, at 21 and 7. Trey, I've got strong feelings about this fight as well. Andre Feely plus 130, Bryce Mitchell minus 160, over under two and a half. What do we think here, man? Oh, this one hurts the heart, man. <laughs> Team Alpha Male for life. Uh, um, I will say Bryce Mitchell, if everyone saw in UFC, he's the first fighter ever that got his customized shorts ready to go. Just in time for Venom to take over, but yeah. Yeah, well, he got the real tree print. He's got that camo all over those shorts, so he's ready to go. He's going to be looking great. Bryce Mitchell, if you guys don't remember, uh, for those that have, are just getting into mixed martial arts, this is a guy back in 2018 that tore his ball sack wide open. Mm, um, you bring the balls up every time. got to bring it up, man, because uh, he put a power drill in his pocket, turned that bit on, that thing ripped it wide open. But this guy's coming back with a vengeance. He also – not to use Twister as a pun, but he is the second person ever to have a Twister in the UFC behind Korean Zombie. Was that right? right? Yeah. yeah. So second person ever to have a Twister. Bryce's ground game is no joke. There's a reason. There's black belts. I've said this numerous times. There's black belts in Jiu-Jitsu, and then there's tiers of black belts. He is a high-tier black belt. Now, I get worried about Andre Feely. I think Team Alpha Male has one of the best wrestling camps out there. I wholeheartedly believe that, and I think – Andre Feely, while his record doesn't really show it, the guy's got a great chin. He's durable. He's got great striking. He's got pretty good wrestling, and he knows how to negate a takedown. But Bryce is able to find you in those vulnerable positions and just grab whatever he can and sub you. I think that Feely's going to do much better on the on on the feet, without a doubt. And I think with his height, his reach, that's going to be a big problem for Bryce. But I just see him somehow sweeping in shooting for a single, getting this thing somewhat, even if it's back against the cage, half guard, whatever it is, he's going to find a neck. He's going to find a limb and it's going to be a sub. There's a reason Bryce Mitchell's at minus 160 right now. I think people see that too. They see that vulnerability that Andre Feely has, but Andre Feely absolutely can win this fight. Yeah, I think you should. I think everybody listening, I mean, we're obviously recording on Tuesday. Show comes out on Wednesday or people watching live stream now, obviously Tuesday as well. I'd hold off on betting this. Let's see how this line moves. Um, if you can get on, if you can get Andre Feely at a bigger dog, um, take him there. And then subsequently, if it moves the other way and you can get Bryce Mitchell at, you know, closer, uh, I, I would wait to bet on this fight. So you might see Bryce Mitchell minus 145, maybe I'd sit on it for a little bit. Let's let weigh-ins happen, uh, before you touch this one. Um, Andre Feely has the better quality of opponent. He's got the better experience. He's got the reps in. This is Bryce Mitchell's toughest test to date on paper. Do not get that, uh, to use your, you know, pun intended, do not get that twisted. Uh, Bryce Mitchell, 
has a fight on his hands. Andre Feely, though, you know, has been prone to takedowns, prone to subs. You can't let him get into this new flow state that he's been in. But he's been hankering for a fight. He's been off for a while. And an emotional Andre Feely can be a dangerous Andre Feely, dangerous to himself and dangerous to others. So Bryce Mitchell better be ready for an ugly fight if he can't get that sub let's say in the first round and things get weird in the second and third, he's going to have to dig deep and find something here because Andre Feely is not going to let up given the opportunity to get a finish here or put it on Bryce Mitchell. He does not want to be a gatekeeper. Andre Feely is young and despite his somewhat salty record does not accept gatekeeper status. He wants to make a run. He wants to move up. He wants to be that guy that potentially fights for a title one day. And he does not like the idea of being a gatekeeper. So guys like Bryce Mitchell coming in at 13 and 0. Andre Feely's going to come and he's going to be pissed off and he's going to want to take that O from him. He's going to want to take that hype. So you better be ready. So hold off on this one. See where the line gets. If you can get Andre Feely at a bigger dog, if the line moves that way, take it. And if you can get Bryce Mitchell at closer to even money, wait and take it there. Um, just in a way to maximize your money, depending on how you're feeling on it. I initially go with you. I initially like Bryce Mitchell in this fight, but I'm going to wait. I'm going to see weigh-ins. I want to see him face off with each other. But initial leanings Tuesday night, Bryce Mitchell. I like it. I like it. All right, main event of the evening, the retirement fight of Anderson Silva. Um, <laughs> Anderson Silva plus 180, over-under on rounds is at four and a half. Andre, or Andre, I'm sorry, Uriah Hall coming back at a minus 225. Look, man, Uriah Hall, two tw- minus 225, Anderson Silva, plus 180, over under four and a half, like I just said. My thing with this fight is, is that Uriah Hall, for time and time again, wilts when the lights are the brightest. He continues to fail to meet expectations of what is what, what we, the non-fighting public, deem to be his ceiling. He refuses to reach it. Um, he cannot break through. I don't necessarily know a fight with a 50-year-old Anderson Silva is the fight to break him through to the other side, but my concern with Uriah Hall at a minus 225 and an Anderson Silva at a plus 180 is Uriah Hall going to Uriah Hall here and let Anderson Silva ride off into the sunset with a highlight real W uh, at the expense of, 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 you know, I guess another failed opportunity for Uriah Hall. That's my concern, if I'm being honest with you, with this fight. No, for sure. I think... This is funny. This fight would have been great, you know, five years ago. I think everyone knew Uriah Hall when he came into the Ultimate Fighter, and he had that uh, that hook kick against Adam Sella, um, and then he's had a you know spinning back kick against uh, uh, Musasi. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. jumping. He's back. had these highlight highlight reel ESPN top ten kicks one thousand percent, and he has that you know very technical striking and. He looked like he was going to be the rebirth of Anderson Silva once Anderson Silva rode off in the sunset. The problem is Anderson Silva never ran off into the sunset. And we've got these guys that have both been kind of fluttering with their records. He's eight and seven. You can't say that he's really like lost that bad of competition because he's fought the best competition. I mean, he's fought the Kevin Gastelums. He's fought the Whitakers. He's fought the Paulo Costas. He's fought everyone out there. You'd want to think that Silva finally, you know, regardless of him having the stamina and the power and um, kind of the pop in his step that he once had, you think that he probably still has the fight IQ. We just haven't seen that. He still wants to go out there. He still wants to have that pompous, I'm going to, you know, shimmy shake in front of you and, you know, triple faint when I should only be single fainting. He wants to have that in-your-face cocky look, but he always gets fucking clipped. And then you have a guy, like you said, who the limelight becomes too big and he doesn't amount to what he should be in those fights. I'm going to go with Hall here. And the reason I'm going to go with Hall 
is athletically, he still seems like he's, he's the more athletic person right now. He's been sleeping in his gym. Like literally he wants this. He's hungry. He's ready to go. I think that this guy still has a lot more, um, there's a, a lot more bandwidth to go with, with Hall. And I think that Silva is just looking for one last paycheck. Maybe he can put on a little bit of an aggressive performance, but this is it. It's game over. Israel Adesanya is what we thought Uriah Hall could be. Yeah. That's a perfect example. Yeah. I, I just, you know, if you look at what Israel Adesanya has done, it's, I mean, they're even in the same division. It's just we thought Uriah Hall was going to be Izzy, and yeah. they're not the same. Um, my concern with this fight is that it will be like the Adesanya Silva fight, where they will show each other too much respect. Mm-hmm. Where it's going to be yeah. too respectful, it'll be too nice. Nobody's going to try to finish. They're going to try to. They're they're just Anderson's going to go out there and bait him into this fan friendly. Yeah. Let's try spinny shit on each other kind of thing. And I hope that that's not the case. I want Uriah Hall to take a Jared Cannonier approach where he comes out there and he tries to kick Anderson Silva's leg off of his body. That's what he needs to do. Um, I will say this. Almost 50 total fights, if I'm not mistaken, between these guys uh, collectively. And of that, I think that there's somewhere between, I think it's like 49 total fights, 38 total finishes or something like that. I saw a graphic for earlier today. I like under four and a half here. I'm going to give it benefit of the doubt. Normally I would bet over on this, but golly, man, 27 minutes or, you know, uh, I'm sorry, 23 minutes and 30 seconds is a long ass time for these guys to fight. I'm going to put my money on the fact that somebody's going to go to go to sleep within 23 minutes. I don't necessarily think that we're going to see a 25 minute sparring exhibition between these guys. Now it's very, very likely that we do. But because Uriah Hall gives me the creeps when I come to betting, when it comes to betting on him, because he continually fails to rise to the occasion, because it's Anderson Silva and he's announced that this is a retirement fight, we don't know what what we're going to see from him. Is he going to come out fired up, or is he going to come out melancholy? Because we don't know what those are going to be. Three, four days ago, before Anderson announced this was his retirement fight, I was just going to take Uriah Hall. But now that Anderson says this is my this is the last fight I'm going to do, I'm done after this. Now I'm concerned. Now I don't know what I'm, what kind of Anderson I'm going to get. Am I going to get Matrix Anderson Silva, or am I going to get you know pedestrian Anderson Silva? So that's what that's what concerns me. Under four and a half here is what I like. Um, I think that there's decent value there. I, I think that there's a likelihood that this fight does not go all 25 minutes. And under four and a half is sitting at a minus 120. Come fight night, it'll probably be that or pick them. So I think you're safe betting there. Yeah, I. Uh... I will say this this has to finish under four and a half. And the reason being is Anderson Silva is the best reactionary striker we'd ever seen. Mm. He always was reactionary off his I mean, he was the best counter striker, you could say to a certain degree, but it wasn't a counter strike because counter striking gets this this notoriety that oh, it's just it kind of gets you back into the flow of the fight. No, his counter strikings were devastating and put people out. The problem is if Hall lands, he will knock out an aging Anderson Silva. So I don't see the reactionary striking happening. This thing, four and a half, that seems super, super fair. All right, four and a half. All right, let's let's crush these prelims real quick um, and just knock these bad boys out, if you don't mind. Miles Jones, minus 165 versus Kevin Datividad at plus 135. Over under on rounds here is at two and a half. I know you're feeling a certain type of way about Datividad. I'm feeling a certain type of way about Johns. We don't normally 
we had it last week where two roads diverged in a wood and you took the one less traveled and won. And then the second fight I didn't, and I won. So uh, it, it, what are you feeling here, man? I, my concern is that miles Johns ha- has more ways to win this fight than the dad does. However, I feel like the dad's going to come out like a maelstrom of limbs and try to put it on miles Johns because he is so amped up to make this UFC debut over on around the two and a half. Do you like inside the distance or you like a fighter out outright here, money line? Miles Johns is you know, he's got a great wrestling background. He he got a scholarship to um Newman University, but then choose chose to not go there and go full in on MMA. We saw him in the Batista fight. Um he changed a lot of levels. He likes to show a lot of different feints. He likes to do a lot of theatrics before he actually does something. The thing with Nativity Dad. The guy is a workhorse. I love my Hawaiians, dude. They scrap like crazy. His cardio is unbelievable. The guy can shoot, bounce back out, shoot, bounce back up, and he's not even breathing hard. I, I love that. Um, dude, I'm all about Feliz Navidad, dude. All, all right. right, long right here. Taking, all right. So to plus one. All right. So we're taking <laughs> Natividad at plus money. Yeah, I think his cardio, I think he's got he's got insane jiu-jitsu as well. But I, I just think all the theatrics that uh Miles Johns does, dude, it's just not gonna get him anywhere. Yeah, yeah. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, the the gentleman asking about Bellator. Uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna touch on Bellator as soon as we're done with the UFC card. So stick around for that. Um, Courtney Casey taking on Priscilla Cochuera. Courtney Casey at nine and eight. Listen, I want to say something about her record real quick. Hmm. Discount that record when we're talking about Courtney Casey. Courtney Casey minus two thirty five. Priscilla at a plus one ninety five. Over under on rounds is at two and a half. Like I said, Courtney Casey at nine and eight. Priscilla Cochuera at nine and three. But Courtney Casey is been on the bad end of some split decisions, has fought some killers. That nine and eight record is rough, but it is not an indication of her skill level. I think Courtney Casey gets this done. And I think this is the fight that she needs to get. Oh, you don't agree with me here. No, I just, I just think that you're, you're pat, you're patting her record a little bit. That's what you're doing. At nine. How Cachuera has fought insane competition. Her first UFC fight was against Valentina Shevchenko. I didn't like, say – did I say anything about Cachoeira not fighting good competition? I just said Courtney Casey has fought good competition. Not in comparison to Cachoeira. I I wholeheartedly disagree with my entire being. Valentina Shashenko trumps every single person that she's actually fought in Courtney Casey. Absolutely. What? Really? Well, I mean, obviously, Shevchenko is the best out there right now, but you're talking best about a – ever outside uh, of Amanda Nunes. Uh, easy. Maybe, maybe even better than Amanda Nunes. I don't know. Easy. I don't know. Maybe so. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Dude, you got to pump your brakes on the hot takes here for a second. You're t- Courtney Casey has fought JoJo. She's fought Randa Marco. She's fought Claudia Gadelia. She fought Jessica Aguilar, who was a champ in what was that World Series of Fighting? Felice Herrig, Michelle Waterson, Angela Hill, Cynthia Calvillo, and Jillian Robertson. And you're going to try to make the argument to me that Priscilla has better strength of schedule than that? Hmm. Mm-hmm. No, you you can't. You can't. Yeah, yeah. Her three losses, Valentina, great. I I, I can't take anything away from that. But then she lost to Molly McCann, and then she lost to Luna Carolina. Dude, Molly Dude, McCann's super it's legit. It's not the same, bro. It's not the same. Okay, well, you would think that Courtney Casey fighting this grand competition, as you're saying, would learn a little bit about her ground game. She has zero, and she has zero takedown defense. It is the biggest vulnerability on the planet. It's ridiculous. Her striking, if you say that's amazing striking, get get, get out of here. Get the fuck out of my screen, dude. She's got decent striking, 
zero ground game. She's a very mid-tier fighter. Priscilla doesn't have a ground game either, but did we see her do a shocking KO win over Shayna Dobson? Mm, dude, Shayna Dobson. Oh, I'm so confused by you. First of all, Shayna Dobson, really? Really, we're going to make the argument that the knockout of Shayna Dobson <laughs> somehow makes Priscilla Cachoeira's hands elite? Yeah. This, is, this is ridiculous. For, and then second of all, how can you tell me that Courtney Casey does not have good striking when you sit here and vehemently defend Carla Esparza's striking as being good? Mm-hmm. A person that says that Carla Esparza mm-hmm. has hands cannot comment on another person's striking capabilities. Courtney Casey. Erroneous. Well, Courtney Casey looks like Muhammad Ali compared to oh. freaking Carla Esparza. Erroneous on all accounts. Unbelievable. Courtney Casey is going to fuck up Priscilla. Minus 235. Put it in your parlays. That's going down. I'm taking Courtney Casey as well. Okay, yeah, I bet. I bet you are with her <laughs> rudimentary hands and her non-existent ground game. Anyway. <laughs> I'm still pissed that you said I use moisturizer. I clearly do not. My skin is eight shades of messed up. All right. Just Dustin Jacoby at 12 and five, taking on Justin Ledette at nine and three. Ledette fighting for his job and a sizable underdog here at plus 260. Jacoby at a minus 320 over under on rounds is at two and a half here, Trey. Um, Dustin Jacoby, if you remember, fought moons ago, like moons ago. Glory? No, in the UFC. Oh. long time ago, long time ago. And then had a very mixed bag success as a kickboxer. And then, yeah, back, yeah. and then uh contender series. And now here we are. So here's my thing with this, right? Is that Justin Ledette has been smooth and consistent across the board. We get the same level of striking, the same level of ground defense, the same, he literally shows up with the same level of card. He is a, C C plus stand up fighter, and he shows up with a decent gas tank every time. Yeah. Doesn't want it to be taken down. Wants to stand and bang. Has decent hands, about a C plus at that with decent cardio. Is that enough to beat Dustin Jacoby when you're fighting for your job? Coming off three straight losses, Justin Ledet coming off three straight losses, fighting for his job on Saturday night. Is that going to be enough to get the upset win over a Dustin Jacoby, who we know is prone to being finished? Yeah, but he's fought Justin Ledet's fought legit competition. It's legit competition before those people were known as legit competition. The Alexander Ray kick, uh, the Johnny Walkers. He's fought legit competition. I think you know people are worried that he's going to get outstruck just because in those glory days, Justin Jacoby, freaking insane kickboxer, the guy would put on a clinic. I think Justin Ledet here. My only hesitation is that he's been clipped before and he's extremely hesitant in his fights now. And when you are a hesitant fighter, you're prone to that outwork and that output that a kickboxer can outpoint you with. So I am worried that this could go to decision. That's it's conveniently placed at two and a half because I could see Justin Jacoby just picking up points, you know, you know, 10, nine, 10, nine, 10, nine, all the way through and making it really decisive. But Justin Ledette, like you said, he's good enough to find an inside of vulnerability I don't think he's willing to get a knockout, but he can put Jacoby in a precarious situation, whether that's a half guard, a little bit of ground and pound there, lay on top, win some rounds here. 260 plus 260 is much too much of a dog for who Justin Ledette is and what he has in his arsenal. Dustin Jacoby fought in the UFC in 2011. Mm -hmm. 
what grade were you in in 2011? Uh, I don't know. No, you you <laughs> were a mathematician, bro. You, you were out, you were out of school in 2011. You weren't still still in school. Were oh, you? 2000. I graduated college in 2011. There you go. That's the last time that that Dustin Jacoby fought in the UFC. Wow, it's a long time. It's a long time, and I know he had some wins in glory. He did all right there, but he also got his ass kicked a lot in glory too. Um, seems to be having a little late career resurgence here. Justin Ledette plus two sixty. My flyer of a dog. This card. I don't go. You know, been trying to be a little bit more conservative with my plus two, three, four, five hundred guys and gals lately. I am going to play a little play on Justin Ledette here, though. I like it. I think it's. This is a fight. This is a fight where it'd be worth throwing just the tiniest sprinkle on the draw. Just the tiniest sprinkle. Because this, I, I, I know a lot of people are saying they like the under. I, I just, I'm just going to put maybe a little sprinkle on a draw here. Oh, maybe a little bit. A little maybe salt a little, bay, that shit. Little salt bay on the, on the, uh, <laughs> on the draw, perhaps. We'll see. All right. Fair. Just because I'm not sure what's going to happen here. Cole Williams taking on Jason Witt. Jason Witt at 17 and 6. Cole Williams at 11 and 2. Witt minus 140. Cole Williams plus 110 over under on rounds. Is it two and a half here? I'm just going to be honest with you. I like the underdog. I like Williams. I'm taking Williams. I like Williams too. Both these guys are coming off UFC debuts, which were both late notice fights. Um, they, you know, Williams lost to Claudio Silvia back in, you know, 2019. Witt was KO'd by Takashi Sato. I actually think Takashi Sato is a legit competition, um, but that happened 40 seconds within the fight, and it was absolutely atrocious. So there's not much weight there. This is a coin flip fight, but I like Cole Williams. He exercises his reach. He looks a little bit more technical technical to me. I'm going to take a plus 110. All right. Jack Marshman taking on Sean Strickland. Sean Strickland at 23. Jack Marshman, Marshman at 23 and 9. Sean Strickland has not fought. In a coon's age, it's been a long time since we've seen Sean Strickland inside the cage. Uh, I think it was a motorcycle accident. Did my boy in. Prior to that, he was a beast, man. Minus 320 here. Getting some love from the matchmakers. Jack Marshman plus 260 over under on rounds is at two and a half. They're really setting Strickland up for a win here. I just don't know if being off for three years and coming back against a guy that's not afraid of conflict like Jack Marshman is a, is a gimme fight for a comeback, especially when he's moving up in weight. I don't necessarily know that I love that too much, to be honest with you. I like I like Sean Strickland. I think he's a talented cat, um, but we don't know where that leg is. We don't know where the mental health is. Um, and Jack Marshman is not the kind of guy to give you a breather to let you figure it out. No, to your point, hasn't fought since 2018, and you get a guy that's a brawler who is going to bull rush you. His last win was back in 2018 against Talib, right? Nardine Talib or something like that. Something like that, uh, yeah. But, you know, what makes me more nervous is before that Tlaib fight, he fought Zaleski. And if you if you remember that Zaleski fight, he took a spinning, like, heel cook to the face, knocked the fuck out. So yeah. what makes me nervous is he is prone to uh-huh. a bull rush or, you know, a big clipping, as is everyone. But Sean Strickland being off for that much time, coming off an injury, like you said, maybe that is the motorcycle incident or whatever it is, makes me a tad nervous with a brawler. I think minus 320 is way too deep for me to want to play that at all. Um, yep. I'm actually going to stay away from this fight, but I will, based on if I had to make a money line play, I would put it on Sean Strickland. I think his technical strike and get this thing done really put the expertise and the experience all behind him in this fight. Yeah, I'm avoiding this fight altogether. Uh, I'm not playing it. I, if I was going to play it, I would play 
if I was going to do a money line play, I'd take Marshman just based off of his chance of winning it. Okay. However, you could do worse than throwing Strickland in like on a parlay of some sort. But um, I think Marshman could just literally take uh, could take Strickland and just press him up against the cage, hold him, make it an ugly dog fight, clinch battle the shit out of him, not let him get the range, not let him work, not let him exercise his hands, um, and really just make it a brawl. And just really make this ugly, dirty box Randy Couture style fight, which Jack Marshman likes to do from time to time. I personally am not going to touch this fight. A money line play, I'd, I'd be interested in Jack Marshman at plus 260, but I'm not going to touch him. And I might look to throw Strickland in a parlay, but even then, I don't trust him enough to get put him in a parlay that I care about too much. So I'm really not interested in this fight whatsoever. Uh, Victor Rodriguez taking on Adrian Yanez. Uh, Victor Rodriguez plus 280 Yanez coming off that contender series blowout minus 355 over under one and a half. I like Yanez. I like under one and a half here. I really, that's kind of bang, bang, bang. I don't bang, bang. Yanez under. <laughs> yeah, I don't like the under one and a half, but I will take an inside the distance play uh, okay. when that does come available. Sure. You know, these contender series guys, 11 and three, dudes is freaking spider monkeys, super fast. Rodriguez, on the other hand, super late notice, USA debut. A lot of weight on your shoulders. Uh, he does have four straight wins all via K- KO, which I like, but I do think that these guys are going to come to brawl. The emotional stress is going to weigh into their cardio. Inside the distance seems super good. All right. Featured prelim, Chris Grutzmacher at 14-3, and three, taking on Alexander Hernandez at 11-3. and three. Grutzmacher at a plus 295, Alexander Hernandez, which I know personally is not one of your big favorites, minus yeah. 370. Uh, do we have an over under on rounds for this one, Trey? Do we do we know, producer Jake? Do we have over under on rounds for this fight? I wouldn't be shocked if it's one and a half. And the reason I say that is Alexander Hernandez has an atrocious gas tank. It's two and a half. Atrocious. It's two and a half. It's two and a half. Okay. So under two. I love the under on that. Under two Um, and a half. Yeah, that's great. I mean, Grusmeister. Is I'm going to say Grusmeister? Yeah, whatever you want to call Grusmeister. Yeah, Grusmeister and the and the crotchet boss and uh, <laughs> yeah, just literally you can say whatever you want now. I'm not correct. Well, okay, Grusmeister, dude, he hasn't fought since freaking Joe Lozon in 2018. He has not fought in a minute, man. Uh, he's a wrestler. He's got a little bit of boxing behind him. He uses his boxing to really set up his wrestling, but. Hernandez, I'm just, I've never been a fan of the slightest. And the reason I say that, I think he's the most pompous fighter for absolutely mm. doing nothing. Mm. He has zero gas tank for having 0% body fat, which blows my mind. He'll gas out of the first you know, round and a half. I think as this gets into the deeper water, we're going to see like we have numerous times, especially Drew Dober showed that perfectly. In the later rounds, Drew Dober just freaking absolutely murdered Alex Hernandez. He exploited mm. a shitty cardio tank and mm. a guy that touts mm. himself on wrestling that doesn't really have it. Mm. Bruce Meister, I you know, hasn't fought since 2018. Let's give it up to Grusher, dude. Let's see what happens. No, we're not going okay, to gonna we're gonna not, give it up to Okay, we're not going to give it up to Grusher. I got not, ahead of myself. I'm sorry. No, we're not giving it up. He literally said his name six different times or six different ways. <laughs> uh, t- all right, Alex Hernandez and under two and a half. Jeez, oh, man, that's the play. Okay. Uh, all right. My, my, my mistake. Yeah, please don't do that. That's just... <laughs> That's unbelievable. All right, so let's let's recap these real quick. Miles Jones, Kevin Natividad. I'm 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 foregoing this pick to you. What are you taking? Uh, I'm gonna with with Miles John. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, Johns versus Natividad. Where are you going? Oh, uh, to Natividad. Courtney Casey, Priscilla Catchaware. Courtney Casey. Dustin Jacoby, Justin Ledette. I'm gonna sprinkle some on Ledette there. 
All right. Cole Williams, Jason Whip. Uh, Cole Williams. Jack Marshman, Sean Strickland. Sean Strickland. Not touching it, though, from a yeah, betting. Yeah, not touching it. Victor yeah. Rodriguez, Adrian Yanez. Uh, I'm going to Adrian Yanez. Okay. Grootsmacher versus Hernandez. Going Hernandez, even though I don't want to. Okay. And the under two and a half. Bobby yeah. Green, Tiago Moises. Bobby Green. You could do worse than betting on Tiago Moises. Maurice Green, Greg Hardy. Going Greg Hardy, but I'm not playing it because I hate him. Gotcha. Kevin Holland, Mahmoud Muradov. I'm going Holland. And under two and a half. Andre yeah. Feely, Bryce Mitchell. Bryce Mitchell. But wait. By sub. But wait on that. But wait. wait. But wait. Uriah Hall, Anderson Silva. Hall. And under four and a half. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Let's pay two bills and we'll talk about Bellator. All right. Cool. All right. Football's in full effect with many teams strutting their stuff. And the World Series is currently in full swing. You might might not be able to make it to a game this year, but you can still be in the action on Bet Online. Bet Online is the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. Head over to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. And Trey, last but not least, my man. Can you hear me okay? 100%. Outstanding. Well, why is that? Do you know? You've got clear earwaves. That's right. That's right. Absolutely right. Using the Weed Whacker from Manscaped, uh, if you use code armchair, you can save 20% and get free shipping. That's that 9,000 RPM ear, nose, and anything else kind of trimmer that you need when things get crazy. Use that. Uh, use a Weed Whacker from Manscaped. Use promo code armchair, save 20%, and get free shipping. All right. Let's talk about Bellator real quick. Obviously, we had Taylor on here. Most sports books, full disclosure, do not have betting lines on Bellator until almost the day of the event. So I don't have a line for Taylor yet, but we're going to bet Taylor all the same. I do have a line for the main event for Bellator, but I don't have much else outside of that because they're hard to come by, to be honest with you. Uh, but Gegard Musasi is taken on Douglas Lima on Thursday night, or Bellator 250. Musasi. Is it a minus 170 favorite here? And I've got Lima coming back at plus 140. I like Musasi in this fight. I think he's got more opportunities, more chances, uh, more tools in the box, if you will, to beat Lima. But I think Lima's a live dog here, man. Leg kicks are through the roof. Pinpoint accuracy with his strikes. And we have seen a Musasi that has been slowly fading over time. But when I think when the rubber hits the road, I do believe that Musasi is just going to be able to get a hold of Lima, take him down, and possibly get a sub or do enough to win this fight. It's going to it's going to take a knockout. It's going to take a knockout from Lima to win this fight. So do I think he's going to win by decision? No. Do I think he's going to win by sub? No. He's going to have to knock out Gegard Musasi. And I would rather bet on Gegard being able to impose his will on somebody than I would uh, Douglas Lima being able to knock out I think this line's going to get much closer. I don't think it's going to get to a pick but I do see it getting a little bit closer. And I say that if people right now, they're worried about Lima because he's going up 15 pounds. They think his cardio is going to lose it. And I don't know why, but there's this overarching thought out there that if you go up 15 pounds, the power in your fist also diminishes, which I think is absolutely retarded. Um, 
Sorry, I used the R word again. Hard R again. Sorry, dude. I, I just think that's absolutely asinine to think that if you go, go up 15 pounds that you don't have the power in your fist. Musasi is one of the most productive fighters we've ever seen. He's a workhorse. He's going to fatigue Lima, and I think that's where Lima's going to get a little bit overzealous, a little over anxious. He's going to start throwing for the fences. I think to your point, I think it's going to finish inside the distance. Mm. Um I, I don't I don't see it going to decision. Um, one of these guys is going down, whether that's Lima catching Musasi or Musasi being cut the other way. Um, I just think that there's being too much weight put on this 15 pound up and weight. I really do. Okay. So you want to take Musasi and you want to take him inside the distance? I do actually, yeah. You're down with that? Yep. Okay. <laughs> I think he's gonna I think he's gonna push the tempo early. I think he's gonna be much more aggressive than what we've seen. He's not gonna get into this flow state that he is and kind of you know, pick points. He's going to come in aggressive. I think to your point, he, he knows he's been eroding a little bit. This is going to be a statement win for him. Okay. All right. Co-main event, Henry Corrales taking on Brandon Gertz. Gertz is at 16 and nine. Henry Corrales at 17 and four. Corrales admittedly two fight losing streak, but he's fighting killers. I like Henry Corrales in this fight. I don't know what the line's going to be. If he's a massive favorite, stay away from it. I imagine this fight's going to be pretty decent. As far as the lines go, Brandon Gertz hits like a truck. He's going to be there. Henry Corrales is going to have to fight smart here, but I do think that Corrales, all things considered, can get a W here. He's just going to have to fight smart. And admittedly, uh, if you look at his last three fights, this is the easiest fight that he's had. He's yeah. they the Bellator literally feeds him to the biggest and best that they have, uh, and he's dropped two in a row as a result. He gets a chance for a rebound here against a name opponent that he can actually use to propel his career forward some more. I like Henry Corrales here against Brandon Gertz, but again, I need to see what the line looks at to see how serious I am about playing it. But if you're asking me to just pick a winner, I think Henry Corrales can get it done here. He just needs to be careful because Gertz, like I said, hits like a truck. Krause is really good at bouncing back after losses. We saw that in the uh, Patricio Pitbull loss. Uh, the next fight, he just went on an absolute tear. Um, I think with this one, this one's tailor-made for uh, for uh, Krause to win this. I think Gertz, though, you know me, I'm not the biggest Bellator dude, but I'm pretty sure he's fought. Didn't he fight M Michael Chandler? I believe he did, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, he's got, he's got some weight in his resume. Um, I just think this one's tailor-made for... For Corrales, he's pissed. He's coming off a loss. He's ready to go. Like this is this is a good fight for him. Okay, uh, I'm trying to think. I'm looking over this card real quick. Nick Newell's on this fight. Uh, it's hard for me to bet with bet on a guy with one hand, and I'm not just I'm not talking shit on him. I just don't know what to expect. You don't know what kind of quality of competition they're going to give him. First, yeah. you don't know what he's going to be able to do against that quality of competition. Obviously, with a record like 16 and three, Nick Newell is no joke. But when Nick Newell got his UFC tryout, we saw how that went. So. You know, Cinderella's story can come to an end real quick. Uh, Sabah Hamasi taking on Bobby Volker. Volker at 24 and 10. Samasi at 14 and 8. I like Volker in that fight. Um, he's got big fight experience. We'll see what happens there. I'm not a big fan of the way Bellator has his card to be structured, to be completely yeah. honest with you, Trey. It looks like they're doing like a three or four fight main card on CBS Sports yeah. Network. Yeah. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And you got Taylor buried in the middle of it, taking on Johnny Eblen. Eblen, I admit, I, I know is 5 and 0, or 6 and 0, rather. Taylor is at 6 and 1. I still don't understand after, you know, a guy like Taylor beats a guy like Ed Ruth, why you put him on a card like this in the dead center and you got guys like, you know, Ty Gorder and Dalton Rosta getting ready to fight on top of him. It doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. 
Uh, this has been my problem with Bellator from the very beginning. You have got to allow these guys. You got to build stars, man. And I'm not just saying that because Taylor's a friend of the show and, and and wears our logo. The guy's got power in his hands. He's got a legit ground game. Feed him. Get get some eyes on him. Uh, but maybe a win over Johnny Eblin, Eblin and, and uh, highlight real fashion will do exactly that. Adam Borix taking on Eric Sanchez. That's another one. Borix at 15 and one. Probably going to be a massive favorite there. Look look to him as a parlay play. Uh, and that's really about it as far as Bellator is concerned, unless you've got something else you want to add to this. No, I just think it's so funny when everyone talks about Taylor Johnson's ground game. He does not want to be known for his ground game. But the problem is it's he's freaking amazing at it. Go back, watch his LFA fights. Look what the power he has in his hands. He is so dangerous all the way around. Uh, to your point, how they have uh, Artiga and Desiree Yaniz on the main fight uh, of the three fight main card is like absolutely atrocious. When you saw what he just did, um, against Ed Ruth, bump him up to the main card, dude. This guy's going places. Yeah. All right. And then, uh, I did see in the chat real quick, Dominic Reyes versus Yuri Prochaska. We'll headline UFC fight night, February 27th, right off the bat, just based on the way that Reyes just got pieced up by Jan Blahovitz. I don't think that's, I don't think the fight against Yuri goes any different. Mm-hmm. Um, my only concern with Yuri is he walks forward with his hands down and his chin forward. And a guy, you know, the athlete like Dom Reyes, um, he's pretty damn accurate with his hands, man. So if he can get back to what got him to the big show, uh, Yuri is going to have, you know, going to have some trouble uh, come fight night. But Yuri dismantled Vulcan Uzdemir. And Uzdemir gave Reyes all he could handle and arguably won that fight. He won the fight on my scorecard when you had Uzdemir versus Reyes. But it is what it is. You can't do MMA math like that when it comes to picking fights. But um, looking at fighting styles and the way people present themselves on fight night, I think Yuri has, it should be the early favorite against Dom Reyes there. Lord help the books if he comes in as an underdog. I'm, I'm pounding it. Yeah, first reported by MMA Heads. Guys, go follow MMA Heads on Instagram if you have not already. Guys, pumping out news articles on every by the second. Thanks yeah. you. Thank you for uh, updating us with that. Yeah, yeah. At Instagram at MMA Heads. All right, man. Let's put a bonus bad boy punchless MMA uh, available on Instagram at punchless MMA, Twitter at punchless MMA. We're although we're never on there. And if you want to talk to us via email, <laughs> chat at punchlessmma.com. Guys, go to State Classy Meets. Hit him with a follow. Then come back over to our thing. Uh, our post and give it a like. It automatically enters you to win freaking free meat. I mean, what? I, I, I just don't understand. Just let me give you free shit. That's yeah. Hard, right. Yeah. Um, we did have we did have a, a gentleman send us in a video of him doing a shoey after the tie to Ivasa fight. We so, did. Yeah, we did. And I told him I'd send him beer money, and he said that he would rather forego the beer money and have us send him a T-shirt whenever we do another T-shirt run. So. Wow. Uh, yeah. So shout out. Uh, I don't want trying to remember her name wow he did a shoey that's Christian. so aggressive i love I it, it. i think it was Chris. awesome i can't remember his first name i'll have to look at it, look at it again but yeah he sent us a video doing a shoey um so yeah uh and i think that's it as far as stuff we're giving away so stay classy we're going away we're gonna do beer money next week along with the stay classy giveaway you still have a week left to enter the stay classy giveaway all you gotta do is follow us follow them like a post tag a friend it doesn't get any easier than that um that's really kind of it man you got anything else to that's it you're feeling, feeling very, 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 very chaotic. Who's the guy? Who's the guy on PTI that always waves his Canadian flag at the end? Oh yeah, Tony uh, Schuher or whatever. Yeah. I'm waving this American flag, dude. I'm ready to go. UFC Fight Night Hall Silva. Let's get it. And plus, dude, of all Taylor's Tombstone Johnson, gonna get it done. Bellator 
250. Let's go. Thursday night. That's it. All right, man. Uh, appreciate everybody tuning in the show. Like I said, like, subscribe, share, leave an iTunes review, uh, and it leaves you eligible for beer money. We give shit away here. All you got to do is leave us a review. That's, that's, as many people listen to this show, given the amount of reviews that we have, it doesn't match up. I should see a one-for-one one spread here. Write a review. Let me give you free stuff. Yeah. I do well. Let me give yeah. you some money. Let me give you some money. Trey does well. Let's let's give you some money. We got we got the corporate backers behind us. <laughs> we got companies that want to give you shit. All you got to do is leave us a review. Follow us on Instagram. Tell somebody else to do it. I don't care. Get your mom to do it. Yeah. Have your kids make iTunes accounts. I don't care. Let me give you guys some stuff, man. Anyway. All right. Signing off for now. You guys be good to each other. Talk to everybody on social media at Ponchless MMA. Be good to each other and talk to you later. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park